Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. Come on, this year, I, I believe that God wants to give us a plan of action. Come on, I've heard it said that, that a plan without a, uh, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Come on, I believe that God not only just gives us the vision, but He gives us the ability to carry that out. Come on, God wants to begin to show us and He wants to direct our paths. He wants to light our steps. Come on, how many of you realize that Jesus wants to show you the way? Come on, how many of you know that Jesus said, I am the way? Come on, we're going to be praying for open doors to the lost, to the hurting this year. Come on, I believe that God wants to move. He wants to call those who are lost home. Come on, He wants to use you to do it. The Bible says that to pray that the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. He says, look for the field is white for harvest. I want you to know you don't have to look very far to see a great harvest of souls in our land. Come on, God is sending forth those laborers. We need to begin to put, put the sickle to the, to the grain. Amen? We need to begin to put the work out there. We need, we need to begin to pray for open doors, for God to give us opportunities to go and reach those lost. Come on, we're going to pray for that God deliver, delivers us from the evil one. This is just simply the prayer that Jesus taught His disciples to pray. Come on, we need to pray for divine protection in this, this, this coming year. Come on, divine protection over your finances. Divine protection over your health. Divine protection over your home. Divine protection over your loved ones. And I want to just pray this year specifically for open heavens. Come on, how many of you believe that God wants to send an overflow of His joy into this place? Cool. Man, I want the joy of the Lord to just be in here. Every time someone walks through these doors, I want them to feel the manifest presence of the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on. That, I, the bottom line is, is we can sing songs if we have to. I'll preach if I have to, but I want God to do His work even if without us, in spite of us even. Come on, I believe that God wants to move on us. We're going to pray that God just open heavens in this place. Come on, 2019 is the year of faith. Come on, faith is imp- without faith it's impossible to please God. Come on, I want you to just right now just take a personal assessment. I want you to begin to, to think about 2019 and what are you aiming at? What is your threshold at? I want to encourage you here this morning that whatever you're aiming at, whatever your threshold is, whatever you're going for, it's not enough. Come on, I want you to begin to look for the impossible things that only God can accomplish and you begin to go for that. Come on, don't just look at the things that you can do. Look what He can do, and you begin to go for His will, His way. It's going to seem impossible. There are going to be those who tell you that can't be done. Come on, you won't be the first one to do the impossible through Christ. I believe that God has given each and every one of us a vision, that He's given each and every one of us a purpose, that He's given each and every one of us a destination. I believe that this is the year that God's going to begin to do that. I want you to know that I can believe that for every single year because every year it's true. God is waiting on you to believe it with Him. Well, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Come on, how many of you realize that Abraham, when he was coming out of the, the land of Ur of the Chaldeans, and God began to speak with him, and, in, and later on in life, he was a hundred years old, and God said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. 
I want you to know that in the flesh, that's absolutely 100% undoubtedly impossible with a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman. But with God, all things are possible. Come on, He's not concerned with our circumstances. He's concerned with our faith. We're going to be breaking new grounds. Imagine a life that goes beyond our if-onlys. Imagine a life that goes beyond our if-onlys. Come on, we've all got them. Some of us said, if only I would have finished college. If only I wouldn't have slept with that girl or that guy. And, and, and if only I wouldn't have gotten pregnant. If only, if only I wouldn't have, have done those drugs. If only I wouldn't have smoked that cigarette. If only I wouldn't have started drinking. Come on, I could go on and on with the if-onlys. But how many of you know we need to be more concerned with the but God than the if-onlys? Come on, I want you to know that's my favorite two words in Scripture. It says, but God. Come on, there's impossible situations behind us, but I want you to know, but God, with God, there is, there is just open doors for eternity before us. Come on, God wants to use our, our, our lack for His greatness. Come on, this is a new year. I believe that God is, is with us. God is reminding us during this season. I love, I love New Year's. Doc, I'm starting to realize, I mean, Doc's like, he, he loves Easter. That's kind of Doc's thing, Easter, you know. The grave is empty, you know. The tomb is empty. Come on, Jesus is alive. That's exciting. Come on, the Savior has come, Christmas. That's exciting. New Year. I, every day is the, today is the day of salvation. Come on, how many of you know we can get excited about the Lord every single day when we put our focus on Him? Come on, what's keeping us from taking those next steps? I believe for many of us it's that fear of failure. Come on, it's about a lack of preparation, a lack of time. How many of us just got time is our biggest struggle? Come on, that's just about all of us. Come on, we say, I'll do this if I only had the time. Come on, I can go on that missions trip if I only had the time. Come on, I would share, my, I would share the gospel with my coworker if, I only, if only the rest of everybody else didn't think that I may be a little kooky or radical. Come on, how many of you know that God's calling radical Jesus lovers to himself? Come on, he's calling us to be radical. Come on, how many, how many of us say, if only I had a little bit more money, I could do these things, right? I'd go finish my Bible college degree if I had a little bit more money, right? I'd give a little more if I had a little bit more money. I want you to know it don't work like that. Come on, how many of you realize when you give, God, he gives us in abundance? Do you know that it's never a financial problem? It's always a faith problem. Don't believe that God is, is, is worried with your money. Come on, he's worried about your faith. He wants to stretch you. He wants you to begin to do the impossible so he can make the impossible possible for you. Come on, that's what this year is. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So many of us run into unexpected circumstances. Come on, we have that sickness, that illness. We have this, we may lose our job or all these other things. I want you to know that, that maybe we don't have confidence in ourselves. I'm just not good enough to do what God's called me to do. Come on, there are, some, there are so many characters in the Old Testament that I can talk about that, th that didn't think they were good enough. One of the, most, the, one of the greatest characters is Moses, who said, you know, I'm a, I'm a, stum a, 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 a stumbler, God. I can't even talk that, that good. Come on, I'm from the country. I want you to know God can use you. God can use you. Come on, it's not, it's not in your uh, uh, greatness that God wants to use you. He wants to use you in your weaknesses and make it great. Come on, we all know those people who just seemingly do the impossible. They seemingly do the... I, I, I've met them before. Guys and, and gals and men and women. Ladies and gentlemen. 
boys and girls who, who just do the impossible things. And, and I have no idea how they do it. They're, they're, it's seemingly like you tell them, man, this is just does not make sense. Why are you doing this? They're like, well, because this is what God's called me to do. Well, the next thing you know, you look back and it's, done, it's accomplished what God's called them to do. Why? Because they have faith. Because they begin to take steps, not in their provision, but in their promise. Not because it's easy, but because they were determined of the thing. Come on, how many of you know that God wants us to put our focus on Him, not on our circumstances? Even David, he was reminded, he says, Lo, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. How many of you know that even when we're surrounded by our enemies, that God is there with us? He is there fighting our battles. Come on, what about the most, the, the most unlikely of characters to do the greatest of things we know as, the, as Jesus Christ himself. He came as we just celebrated as a baby born in a manger to a marriage that seemed kind of rocky. To, to a man who was just a simple carpenter in the town in the middle of nowhere. But yet he rose to be, to, to be the king of the universe, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the deliverer of the saints. Come on, how many of you know Jesus isn't, isn't so concerned about where you come from? He's concerned about where you're going. Come on, can you look at your neighbor and say, I'm going places? Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, I'm going places. Come on, how many of you believe it? You're going places. I believe God's going to use us this year. God's going to use us to change the world. Come on, I told Travis here a while back as we were building our children's ministry. I said, Travis, I want to build the best children's ministry in the world. He's like, whoa, okay. I said, look, you can start with Lafayette and then we'll kind of work out from there. But you got to look, our sight is on the, on the whole world, right? Because we want to reach the world, go into all the world. Come on, we got to start in our backyard. Come on, but our goal, our sight is on the world. You see, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29, it says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. Come on, I want you to know it, God is not concerned about your lowliness. As a matter of fact, He wants to use it. He wants to use your testimony. He wants to use what He's done in your life to change the lives of others. You realize that it says in the book of Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony that your testimony has power. It has power to transform lives. Come on, those little things that may seem insignificant to you may seem all-powerful to other people. Come on, just the simple fact that God delivered me from alcoholism, I want you to know to an alcoholic that seems impossible. I'm here to say this morning that it is possible. With God, all things are possible. Come on, if you're still living in sin, if you're still living in shame, God is not the God of all those things. He's the God of deliverance. He's the God of healing. It says in, in Isaiah 53 that by His stripes we are healed. Somebody believes it. You see, Jesus didn't go to the cross just so that way we can have our way. Come on, he didn't just go to the cross so that way, Lord, now I can just live my best life I have and you're going to take care of all my problems. Come on, he, can't, he went to the cross to set you free so that way you can begin to accomplish his will and his way. And I want you to know that you can begin to be, take part in his kingdom work. 
But the question is, is when the enemy surrounds you, when the enemy comes upon you, come on, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And many of us continuously walk in that, that state of, of, of the enemy just telling these lies, these deceptions. How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond in faith or are you going to respond in fear? Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible. You know, that faith is, is how do we demonstrate our faith through obedience, through patience, through forgiveness, through love, through compassion. You see, it's not the presence of fear that's going to determine our outcome. Come on, we're going to be looking at, at, the, at, at Jehoshaphat here in just a moment. But I want you to know that fear is not sin. I want you to know that. I want you to get that. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But I want you to know that that doesn't mean that the presence of fear is going to determine our outcome. It's the presence of faith that God's going to respond to. Come on, he's not so concerned that you have fear. He's more concerned that you have faith to walk through your fears. 2019 is the year of faith. It's the year of responding to the promises of God through our fears. I want you to just have this attitude when we leave here and as we enter into this week of prayer that we are going to face our fears. We're going to be just like, like, uh, like Isaac as he goes in to meet his brother and he's going to say, you know what, I'm just going to go head on into it. But we're not going to stop wrestling the Lord till we get an answer, amen? And we're going to take that answer. We're going to use that to, to plow forward, to push through new thresholds, to activate our faith. I believe that God wants to do a new thing. Come on, not a new thing on this earth and a new thing in us. You know, it was on that day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and with tongues and fire. And, and, and that whole place was, was on fire for the things of the Lord. Come on, they went out into the city and they began to preach and proclaim the truth of who Jesus Christ is by the power of the Holy Ghost. And thousands came to the Lord that day. Come on, that's the, that's the new thing I want to walk in. Come on, I'll take them one at a time, but Lord, time is growing short. God's calling us to a radical faith. That faith like Abraham, Noah, David. Come on, that faith that led you to make that decision. That faith that led you to take that walk to the altar and give your heart to Jesus Christ. God is calling us to that kind of faith, that radical faith, that life-changing faith. But the enemy wants to challenge what God has promised you. Come on, how many of you realize that John 10.10 says that the enemy comes, the thief comes for only one purpose, to steal, to kill, and destroy. Come on, it says that the, that the Bible, he, uh, that the Bible, that the devil seek, seeks, he, he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Come on, I want you to know if you're here today, you ain't devoured yet. Come on, you ain't devoured yet. He may be seeking, but he hadn't found a place to devour in you. Come on, that you're still covered by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that saves and sanctifies you. The fight ain't over yet. It may look bleak. It may look tiresome. But I want you to know that God is with you. He is on your side. Amen? Let's look at 1 Chronicles. We're going to go into chapter 20. I believe, Sean, just this morning, the Spirit of God was just, as He was moving and He was speaking on you, that He was speaking on me, and, and Brother Sean just kind of primed the pump this morning. Amen? Second Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles 20. It's right after 1 Chronicles. 
Amen. We see here a story of a man, a king named Jehoshaphat. In fact, I'll just go real quick. You don't have to go there. I want to go to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 17. It says, Then Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa, his father, had taken. It says, Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father. He did not seek the bows or the bales but sought the Lord of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. I want you to know that in the, in the chronicles of, of the kings that Jehoshaphat, he was a man that was seen as being a righteous king, a good king. Why? Not because he was tall, not because he was good looking, not because he was valiant, not because he was honorable, but he sought the Lord. Amen. That he, he did the things of the Lord. He didn't walk after the ways of evil in the land. Come on, at the end of time, we're not going to be judged by all the things that we do, but we're going to be judged by the blood of Jesus Christ who covers all of our sin. But I want you to know that God has a purpose for us, and as long as we dwell in the ways of the wicked, we can't fulfill that purpose in Him. Come on, God is calling us to a higher calling of purity and holiness. I want to read 2 Chronicles 20, we'll read verses 1 through 7. It says, And it happened... After this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gadi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your father forever? You see, there, there was this time they were dwelling in the land. Things looked good. Jehoshaphat was living according to the works of the Lord. And there was a great army that was coming up against them. Come on, it didn't matter that, that, that Jehoshaphat was doing all the things that God called him to do. The, the thing is, is that it, the enemy is going to look for ways to stifle what God's working in you. Come on, at that time it was Moab and Ammon. And if anybody here is a Bible scholar, we know that, that Moab and Ammon, are known, they were two nations that came from, that were conceived out of evil. They were conceived out of perversity. Well, many of you know that, that, that those two nations were birthed out of Lot. And it, when Lot came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, his, his daughters got him drunk and they conceived and bore children from, and the names of those children were Moab and the names of those children were Ammon. Come on, how many, how many of you have ever experienced whenever you're walking in the Lord, some of the sin from your past begins to poke its head up into your business today? Come on, how many of you know that the enemy is always looking for an opportunity to scare you with your past? He's always looking for an opportunity to mount up against you and remind you of those things that you've done in your past. But I want you to know that that, that didn't necessarily stagger Jehoshaphat. 
when a past can come up, up against us, the enemy, the world, the odds are stacked against us, how are we going to respond? I want you to know that this army was great. This was a great multitude. It was so big that even the people came and said, Jehoshaphat, man, the odds are stacked against us. What we are looking at is impossible to overcome, that we just better surrender now, that it's over, the fight is over, we have lost. You see, it says here in verse 3 that Jehoshaphat feared. That Jehoshaphat feared. Come on, I want you to know that many times we have to begin to manage our fear. Are we having the fear of men or is it the fear of the Lord? Come on, his attitude was, was, God, you put us here. You established us here. You gave us this promise. These people are trying to come and take it. What are you going to do? Come on, his fear, the fear of God outweighed his fear of men. Come on, his fear of the Lord outweighed his fear of his circumstances. Come on, how many of you realize that we need to begin to stand on the promises of God? Come on, if God says we're healed, we need to begin to stand on that foundation that God said we're healed. The creator of the heavens and the earth said that we are healed. Come on, if we, if we need deliverance in our, in, our, in our bodies, then we need to say, God, you delivered me from this. I don't have to walk in these past sins any longer. Well, I'm just standing on your promises, Lord, not on my strength, not on my willpower. Verse 3 says, For fear did not drive him to action, it drove him to seek the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 uh, says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Come on, how many of us, when we begin to have uh, armies mount against us, when we begin to have problems mount against us, when the enemy begins to mount an attack against us, how many of our, is our response to say, I'm going to begin to seek the Lord in this matter? Come on, I'm, going to be able, I'm going to begin to stand on the promises of God, not on the fear of men. I'm going to, in fact, begin to stand on the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And I know that if I, if I go against the promises of God, I'm going against God himself. So it's, I am called to stand on these truths. We need to begin to take God very seriously. Come on, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want you to know, can you take God seriously for a moment? Come on, we're just not a social club where we come together and sing great songs and hear these kind of good messages and we, and, and we read the Bible and it's all good. Come on, how many of you know God wants to change lives, that we need to take His work in this place very seriously? All of our nursery workers and all of our, our, our volunteers and everything that you do, I want you to know, do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because people are watching you. Come on, as you go to church in the, in, in, in the morning and in the afternoon, we're cursing each other out. I want you to know, your children are watching you. We need to stand on the promises of God. We need to take God seriously. And when those problems come, we don't need to just resort back to our old ways. But we need to begin to seek the Lord. That's what Jehoshaphat did. It says he set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You see, it says he set himself to seek the Lord. Come on, how many of y'all have ever played football or played baseball or played some type of sport? You know, you have that football player. He gets down into that set position. I want you to know when that ball snaps, he's ready to go. That the other team has no doubt what's fixing to happen to, to him, right? He is postured. He has set himself to seek, to, to make that play in football. You see, it says that, that 
Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord. He postured himself. He readied himself. He prepared himself for what God was going to do. There wasn't any shadow of a doubt from anybody around him what he was going to do. When he set himself to seek the Lord. I remember here a while back I lost my wallet. And, uh, you know, I didn't just say, okay, I'm going to go look for my wallet for about five or ten minutes. And then after I'm done with that, you know, whether I find it or not, I'm going to stop, right? How many of you have ever lost your wallet or your keys, right? Or you lost your child at the, at the mall. I've done that. It was a mall in Dallas, in fact. I didn't just say, it was, it was my son Nathan. And he was young. I didn't just say, well, man, I lost, my, lost Nate. Don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll look for him for a few minutes. After that, I'll just go back to shopping. What, you know when I stopped seeking? When I found him. You know when I stopped seeking my wallet? When I found my wallet. You know when I stopped looking for my keys? When I stopped Look, when I, when I find my keys. Come on, how many of us, we set ourselves to seek the Lord, and then we just say, okay, my hour's up, I'm done. Come on, we need to begin to seek the Lord until He begins to speak, until He begins to move, until he, we have a peace in our heart, until the Holy Spirit comes and gives us direction. Don't just give in because of some other thing. Come on, I want you to know, we've we got to take God seriously in this season. Come on, the, the, the enemy is mounting up a battle. Come on, he's not just going easy. But I want you to know that the battle has already been won through the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ. It says here that Jehoshaphat, he, he feared the Lord. It says he, he sought the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast. I want you to know it wasn't just some type of religious fast. It wasn't just a fast to say, well, I'm going to fast like some, this is some formula for God to move God. He began to fast until God began to move. Come on, he said, we're going to fast together. He proclaimed a corporate fast. He said, we're going to do this together because I want all of our attention to be on this specific issue that right now the enemy is surrounding us. And it's not just surrounding me, it's surrounding all of us. Come on, we are part of the household of faith. I want you to know that if you're sick and you're, or if you're mourning, if you're hurting, that I'm hurting. I'm sick, I'm mourning. Come on, we're in this together. We're called to lift each other up. That we're called to fast together. We're called to, to pray for one another. He didn't fast to move God. He fasted to move their hearts towards God. It was part of setting himself to seek the Lord. You know, in fact, we've taken it to the point we're here this week. We have our week of prayer and fasting. We've I've said it to all of our staff. I've said it to everybody here. There's no work going to be taking place in this sanctuary. If I can have it, they'll work on the property. But I want you to know, we be, you begin to declare, declare fast. You begin to say there's no work. That, that nobody really wants to do that. Because they find their identity in their food. They find their identity in their work. Come on, I want you to know that God has called us to find our identity in Him. That we need to be able to sit and just rest in His presence. The world doesn't want us to stop. Because as soon as we stop our work, as soon as we stop our eating, as soon as we stop our activities, now we're submitting ourselves not to those things, but we're submitting ourselves to our Creator, the God of the heavens, the God of the universe. Jehoshaphat continues. He proclaimed the fast throughout all of Judah. Verse 4 says, So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek 
the Lord. Come on, they feared, they, they sought the Lord, they proclaimed the fast, they come together. I want you to know that there's power in the prayer of agreement. Come on, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. I want you to know that here this morning, that if you have a prayer need, I don't want you to leave here with that prayer need. Come on, I want you to come forward later and we're going to pray for you and we're going to come into agreement with that and you're not going to leave the same way that you came. Because where there are two or three gathered, God is here with us. Jesus is here with us. In the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, in one mind, and God moved. They had set themselves apart. Many of us have read those verses of Scripture in Matthew uh, 18. I'll, let me just flip there real quick. Matthew 18, 18. I just want to go there just quickly. I just want to talk about the, the power of agreement. Matthew 18. Most of you have probably quoted this verse. It says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Come on, I want you to know that's an incredible prayer. That's an incredible thing to stand on. But you have to begin to read the verses of Scripture just before it. You see, because that's really just a prayer of agreement. Jesus, he, before he, he even makes that comment, he says, Take heed that none of you despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always seek the face of my Father who is in heaven. I want you to know that, that he continues on. He said, if, there's any, uh, if a brother sins against you, verse 15, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if you will not hear you, Jesus begins to give instructions for reestablishing unity amongst the body. He says, because when there's unity, now, now when there's unity, now whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. He said, where there's unity, now whatever's loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you to know, you can't just pray prayers and be walking outside of the unity with the body. Come on, it says, your Bible, Jesus says, he says, if you go to prayer and you have aught with your brother, he says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go make it right. I want you to know that in Peter, he says that a man, if he... If he despises his wife, if he has problems with his wife, he says that his very prayers are hindered before the Lord. We need to begin to bring restitution back into our, into our lives, restitution back into our churches. Come on, just because we have fought, uh, fought with each other, just because we have offenses with one another, God wants us to get those things right. He says, now your prayers have power. Now whenever you bind things, they're bound. Now whenever you loose things, they're loosed. Come on, there's power in that prayer of agreement. Jehoshaphat called together all of the tribes of Judah and they came all together and they began to pray and they began to seek the Lord. And then Jehoshaphat prays this simple prayer of faith. He says, and Lord, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? 
You see, the very beginning of his prayer wasn't, God, we're surrounded by our enemies. We need your help. You've promised us all these things. No, he begins to recognize who he's praying to. He begins to bring alignment for every one of those people there into who he's praying to. You see, what's interesting about this prayer is that Jesus kind of repeats the same thing. In Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, the apostles came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus opens up, he says, Our Father who art in heaven. You see, that's where our prayers begin. It's not about our own holiness. How many of you know that our holiness doesn't move God? It's His holiness that moves us. Come on, it's when we begin to recognize our Father who art in heaven. Jehoshaphat, he says, Lord God, are you not the God of heaven? Jesus says, pray to our Father in heaven. Come on, our prayers begin with establishing firmly that we are praying to the creator of the heavens and the earth. Come on, we know that God is able to move mightily. He's able to do the impossible. He's able to transform lives. Come on, how many of us would just, instead of trying to be convincing to have our neighbors saved, would just pray for God to show them something? Come on, one word from the Lord can change a life. Come on, I grew up in church. I grew up in church. I was playing the drums at 12 years old in the church. But I want you, I sat under many preachers, but I want you to know all that didn't do nothing until God spoke to me one day. He says, I died for you. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. That one word, it made no sense to me. And then all of a sudden, crystal clear. Crystal clear. The light of my eyes was, was open to the truth of who Jesus is. The son of God come for the salvation of the world. Our Father in heaven, our Father, that term Father, who loves us, who cares for us, who's with us, who's looking after us. Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jehoshaphat prays, do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Jesus is simply just saying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. How many of our prayers are just so self-centered that we totally forget to pray for the work of the kingdom of God? Come on, we can look past our own problems and look for the greater problems. God will begin to move. Come on, I believe that God wants to establish His kingdom here on this earth. I believe that God has established His kingdom here on this earth. Come on, not a kingdom built with the hands of men. Jehoshaphat prays, In your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you. Jesus prays, Deliver us from the evil one. Prayer is acknowledging the God of his creation. He's acknowledging his authority. We're acknowledging his protection. We're acknowledging his presence. Today, many of us face battles. Many of us are still facing the sin that surrounds us. In fact, I'm going to just ask the worship team to come up. Many of us are facing the sickness that surrounds us. Well, maybe it's pain Surrounding, surrounding you. Well, I want you to know that I, I, these past couple of weeks, I've just been experiencing some, I've got to get a root canal. And how many of you know when that tooth starts to hurt, it doesn't just hurt my tooth. Come on, my whole body's affected. My whole countenance is affected. Come on, that, that pain begins to surround you. Come on, how many of us are past or surrounding us? What about debt surrounding you? It's impossible, Lord. Our shame of our past decisions surrounding us. 
You know, there's good news that God sent His Son to fight our battles and has fought our battles. That the enemy has been defeated on our behalf. What's going to be our response? You know, as, as, as Brother Sean had mentioned today, he says that, that our story is so much like Jehoshaphat's story. Come on, many times we find ourselves surrounded by impossible circumstances. What are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to fear the Lord, not fear men. Come on, we'll allow our fear to move us into faith. I believe that fear can even be a prompting for prayer. Well, how many of you realize that, I mean, we're created by, the, by God. When something ain't right, He kind of lets us know. Can our fear prompt us toward faith? Can our fear prompt us to set ourselves to seek the Lord? Come on, not just a little cursory seeking, but a seeking that's going to seek until we find, as it says there in Jeremiah. As we set our hearts, not just our minds, but our hearts to seek after Him. How many of us are willing to consecrate a fast? How many of us are willing to say, Lord, I'm going to seek you if that means putting off my appetite, if that means putting off my addictions, if that means putting off my daily rituals, if that means putting off even some family members that are just negative influences on me. And we're going to begin to pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because, Lord, we, you, we know that you give us this day our daily bread. You forgive our trespasses. Lord, help us forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, because yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Many of you probably know the rest of the story of King Jehoshaphat as he finds himself surrounded and the Lord begins to speak to him. And he says, Jehoshaphat, this battle that's surrounding you, these, these enemies that are surrounding you, he said, it's not your battle. He said, that's not your battle. He said, that's my battle. Come on, how many of you realize that those things that are surrounding us, that are saying that we can't do it, that are saying we're not good enough, those things, that's not, come on, the debt that's just coming up before you. That's not your battle. That's God's battle. He said He would deliver you. He said He would take care of you. We just got to walk in the obedience of His love. You see, they begin to recognize that they had no power against the great multitude. Verse 12. So this is too much for us to bear. Come on, and their eyes begin to turn to the Lord and away from their enemies. Come on, here this week, here this year, as we just begin to, to move into this year of faith, can we just take our focus off of, of, off of the armies that are surrounding us, off of the circumstances that are surrounding us, and to begin to put our focus on the Lord? And the Lord will answer us. Say, do not be afraid. Nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it's God. Verse 17 says, you don't need to fight this battle. He says, position yourselves and stand. 
And then they came together. It says, now when they began to sing and to praise, and the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and they were defeated. Come on, I want you to know that they didn't begin to sing and praise after they were defeated. Come on, they didn't begin to celebrate after the fact. Come on, how many of you realize that they began to sing and to praise and to celebrate the victory of the Lord before the victory even took place? Come on, I want you to know that here it is, 2019. This is the year of faith. This is the year of victory. This is the year of overcoming. And we have an opportunity here this first week. Come on, we're not going to be begging God to accomplish His work. Come on, we're going to come into agreement with what He wants to accomplish. We're going to begin to celebrate what God's already done on the cross. Can we stand together here this morning? Well, I just want to take these next few moments. I believe that God is just going to begin to stir up our faith. He's going to begin to stir up our faith. I just want to enter into a time of worship right now. If you have, if you're just looking at inestimable odds, if you're looking at things in your life that says this is impossible, come, I'm surrounded by my enemies. I'm surrounded by my past. I'm surrounded by this debt. I want you to take this moment here and we're going to set ourselves before the Lord. We're going to fear the Lord in this place here this morning. We're going to set our face to seek Him. And we're going to begin this, 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 this week of prayer here right now. You know, I was listening to this song. It, it was just talking about, about this, this, this couple who had had a a son who is so severely sick and there's nothing that the doctors can do there was nothing that anybody can do and all they can say was Lord we're just going to commit ourselves to sing but how many of you realize that, that even that very word hallelujah means all it simply means is praise be to God come on it means praise halal Yahweh God halal al Yahweh hallelujah come on right now if you have a if, if you have the enemy surrounding against you, I, I just want you to come up. We're going to sing a song, and we're just going to begin to declare that God is in control. Lord, we're going to put our focus on you. We're going to put our sights on you. We're going to begin to seek you. And we're just going to begin this week of prayer here this, here this morning. If, if you if you want to come up for prayer, I, I'm not going to close the service. I'm just going to tell you now. I'm not closing the service. Whenever you feel led to leave, just please be quiet. Just make your way out. Come on, we're going to spend some time in worship. We're going to begin to spend some time in prayer. We're going to just kind of open up this week this way. We're just going to begin to raise a hallelujah before the Lord. Come on, let's just begin to put our focus on the Lord and not on our enemies. We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.